what we said 93 days ago, what ended up being dumb, what ended up being smart, for like, God, the last, it's like the last day of school where you're like excited but you're not excited. You're excited because it's next year coming up, but who would have said this shouldn't be close? Chris and I were the worst about this from preseason. You know, we got he got on with those FCS uh, Fans Nation guys and said, look out, Idaho's going to come through and sw- like, no. sweep these guys. All right, no more beer. we got to finish this podcast. <laughs> Unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I'm your host, Chris, and with me today I have TJ and Martin. Hey, Vandals. And uh, you can find Tubbs at the Club on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, Tubbs at the Club.com. Reminder that all opinions on the podcast are owned by the individual podcaster and do not necessarily reflect Tubbs at the Club as a whole. 100% agree, mm-hmm. which could bring it up to maybe one of the biggest snubs. So coming on to our finally we're on to the football season review segment of this, which mm-hmm. I think most people probably tuned in for um, before we shift full gear forward into basketball season. Um, the all-conference conf- all conference team, so the all-big sky team, noticeable snub, no Ed Hall. Hmm. I was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. Um, once again, Martin posted that on the Twitter account, so if you want to see the list and the links, check it out on Twitter. But your first team all-conference performers, Kate Coffey as a punter, not a kicker, Noah <laughs> Johnson as a guard, and Caden Ellis as an outside linebacker, which uh, I did a little research. Those were the three preseason All-American pick, or all-conference picks. Right. So that's kind of funny. Caden Ellis was an All-American pick, which mm-hmm. was cool, and he still could be. Second team all-conference uh, DJ Henderson, so the defensive tackle out of East Mississippi Community College. Yeah. Go Lions. Last chance you. Third team all-conference. You got David Unger at wide receiver. Isaiah Saunders at running back. Christian Ellis, that's huge. That's cool. Inside linebacker. That's very and cool. then an honorable mention for David cool. Unger at kick return slash punt return. So, uh, like I said, I, I noticed Ed Hall. Um, that's, that's the one I was looking for, too, because I was thinking, like, we're going to have the same – it's going to be like the first three, and I was kind of just looking like, where's that hole? Did they forget him? And I was like, and I was like, probably second. Come on, guys. And then not second team, and then I'm like, oh, well, they have a third team, and they didn't even make the third team. Right. Snub, but that's how it goes. Caden Ellis, I think, might have just overshined so much. And then, you know, a lot of people probably aware of Christian. Just cause, I mean, going around, Christian Excuse definitely you. deserves to be on the team. He led the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think maybe because he has the Ellis last name, people were also keen, mm-hmm. or, you know, keyed in on him. Um, where poor Ed Hall just kind of got overlooked there. But mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a second team, first team all performer type season. So right. I was a little upset to see Ed Hall. Anybody else left off that you think you would have liked to see on? I think a lot of the guys maybe left off for the younger guys that you know will eventually get put on there. I think Cotton has a good chance eventually to get put on there. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised Cotton didn't get like honorable mention. Right. And he's like, yeah. A, yeah, kind of teetered off at the end of the season, but still had a so great start. And seven of yeah. yeah, right. Um, and sixth in the Big Sky in touchdown receptions. Mm-hmm. Um, I also what I noticed is I would like to see Kate Coffee maybe get a third team kicker nomination. Um, I'm wondering if that Montana State, State yeah. one extra might be the reason he didn't. But as we all know, that might have been good. good. Yeah. Um, Show the I evidence. I don't know if there were 
three better kickers than him in the conference this year. Right. I'm not sure there was even a better mm-hmm. kicker. So I was really surprised to see him not make the third team yeah. at all. But I'm at least glad he got first team puncher because he was definitely the best. Deserve that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Big Sky teams that use their kicker a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a lot for extra points. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure we'll cover a little bit later here in offensive style. A little mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any other remarks on the all-conference teams? All good. Any- I'm surprised. Actually, I, I, can, let's, actually, I got one. Yeah. I'm surprised, like – Logan Floyd, the offensive tap, he was tackle, right? Yes. Freshman. I'm kind of like, this might just be me being, I'm surprised he didn't get any, like, any freshman recognition or anything, because he played like the entire season. Martin, maybe we need to do a freshman all-conference team on Tubbs of the Club. Yeah. I was kind of looking at that, too, because I would like, I think Trey Walker would have had a shot at some, and obviously our wide receivers. I think there should be a freshman team. Maybe that's something Look mm-hmm. at, but then again, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not too familiar on anything south of Portland State. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anybody you think might have all American shots, first or second team? Hmm. I think Caden's kind of the obvious yeah. one for first or second team, and then maybe Cade is like a punter or something. Yeah, I would agree. I'd say probably Caden and Cade. Uh, so we're gonna roll into the 2018 schedule. And I have a lot of notes taken on this for you guys. And I think we're going to have a little bit of fun, you guys. I'm going to read some quotes from some of these games. Listen to our preview podcast. So for those of you that didn't know, TJ, myself, and Sean, who unfortunately couldn't make it on tonight because Taiwan, um, you know, it's busy and it's like early morning there. But uh, we did a whole breakdown of our opening schedule. We all picked wins-losses for every game, and I took some memorable quotes, and I'm going to ask you guys who you think might have said them, and we're going to tie them into that game. Yeah, this will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, oh Sean won, or Sean and Martin, you guys tied at 8-3. and three. I'm picking how our season was going to end up. TJ, you came in second at 7-4. and four. I brought up the rear with a 6-5. and five. My only impressive pick being the UC Davis pick. Wow. Everybody else was pretty spot on. Um, I must, who we thought of, then you know, a couple. Pretty much everybody missed the middle with Montana State and Idaho State. I'm, but I'm a, I must have your confidence or something like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, so uh, first game, obviously the notable thing was that I predicted us to win. Everybody else predicted us to lose. <laughs> then we had four people, or all four of us picked us to beat New Mexico or Western New Mexico. We did, and then UC Davis. Sean, TJ, and Martin picked us to beat UC Davis. I picked us to lose. We lost to UC Davis 44-21. Quote, oh, well, this one's kind of obvious after I recash it, but it was, uh, I see us losing to a team we shouldn't lose to this season, and I think this team is that team. Any guesses who said that? Chris, was that you? Nice, nice. Good call. The only one who thought we'd lose to them. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Then we beat Portland State. um, 27 to Kibbe Dome. And everybody picked Portland State uh, or the Portland State win. Then we lost 62 to 28 at Idaho State. All four of us picked them to win. Uh, I want who would have said this shouldn't be close? Sean. I'm going to go Sean on that Martin. It was you. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that language there, but. What the? 
That's what the first down horn is for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then another quote from that game, we are never going to lose to Idaho State. Never. It'll only become a rivalry if we start losing, and we won't start losing. Okay, that, that's Kramer. definitely, it sounds like a Kramer, a Kramer quote. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely fun. Uh, and then we lost 24-23 to 23 versus Montana State. Um, which brings up an interesting quote before I bring it up. This game goes to overtime or double overtime. Ooh. That's Chris Hammond. Was this, was there a, is this like between the three of us or is this a, no, it's it's like the host too. What? Does this include the special guests or did you, like, I'll, I'll just go with you, Chris. All this is strictly from the previous show oh, with gosh. you, I'll go Sean, myself. I'll go. I'll go. You, Chris. This was a TJ Hopkins quote. Wow, well, it was close. <laughs> Had they not missed the extra point, it would have gone to overtime and possibly double overtime. Nice. And then there was a quote that says, "Montana State will have a quarterback controversy. I'm just calling it, and that's why I think we will win." You, a Martin? Is that a Martin? No, that was a me quote. <laughs> <laughs> there was a quarterback controversy. However, Martin and Sean both picked us to lose this game. To you guys for getting it right. Mm-hmm. TJ and I picked us to win. So, class for us for picking us to win. I'm confident. <laughs> uh, Southern Utah, we then won 31 to 12. Somebody said, This is a field goal attempt type game. I think we'll squeeze by this one. Is this still Montana State? No, this is Southern Utah. Oh, okay. TJ. TJ. Martin said this is a field goal type game and I think we'll squeeze by. It's a 19-point win for the Vandals. And with that, all four of us picked a win. Then we lost 38-14 to Eastern Washington, the only game we all picked L's other than Florida. Um, Actually, I think I picked Florida to win. <laughs> but then you went back. I had you write, written in as a win. You said we were due one, but you still picked an L. It was weird. <laughs> I gave you the L because you were really convoluted when you were sick talking about it. <laughs> but um, this game will show us what the top of the big sky looks like. We'll see how we contend. Hmm. Chris Hammond. Mark? I'm going to go Sean on that. That was the TJ Hopkins quote. There you go. That's so you. Big sky. Big sky. That's such a big sky. That's all you have to be to be TJ. Soft and in a way, we were correct. It ruined North Dakota's playoff chances. So I'll give us points for that. Mm-hmm. And then I was too depressed when this game rolled up. Idaho lost 46-27 to Montana. And then obviously the 63-10 loss to Florida. So with that, I want to know before we start breaking down the season to kind of get some people wrapped back up into maybe some fun and exciting things. What was your favorite game this season? North Dakota. The North Dakota game was was my favorite. Nice. Any any particular reason? Just like how they just came back and won it. The blocked punt, just everything. There was the quiet. Everything was kind of quiet. 
and then they get the blocked punt return for a touchdown, and then they get the stop, and just everything I was scoring in, like, the final minute of the game, just that was my favorite game this season. Yeah, I'm definitely – that was my number one was that North Dakota game, and I think for a two for my favorite game, um, which unfortunately was a loss, was the Montana State-Idaho game. I think just with, you know, finding out geographically what where these teams are and, and what these games are going to look like every year – and kind of hearing your experience and, and the great stuff they do in Bozeman, uh, I think uh, that Montana State game is one of my favorite games for this season, and I'm excited to keep those, those that series going. Yeah, mine was – Montana State was my favorite game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, I, I had a blast in Bozeman. They showed me a good time. It's a really cool town. Um, and then I would say my second favorite game it was probably Montana – just the hype behind it. And so Montana State's definitely my favorite game, but a game that I think maybe was a little underrated is the fact that against Montana, so many people showed up and there was hype. And so that that part of it I like. Obviously, the game itself was not that enjoyable, but atmosphere-wise, it was my second favorite. And Martin, I feel bad since we I'd made say, our two favorites. Do you I was going to say, I'd say the Montana one just because of like how, how packed the Dome was that day. Even though it was a loss, it was still a very oh, it's just oh. exciting to be in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I agree. And uh, luckily, I had a cousin up for that game, who she might hopefully be coming in for track. We'll see. But she was touring the campus for the first time, and I was like, there could not have been a better weekend for you to come look at the campus. So Montana was absolutely awesome. Worst performance of the year to bring it. I sadly back down a note. Before we pick it back up, I promise everybody at home or in their car or in class, get back to studying if you're in class. But what was the worst performance, in your opinion, from the team this season? Idaho State, and it's not even close. Yeah. I, just that game. That game is just ugly from the beginning. U- ugly. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it looked good from the start, and we were all fired up about it. And, we, you know, we had all those seats sold out in uh, Pocatello. But, man, that, that – that was a bad performance. See, I torn on this one. Idaho State, I'd say, was the most like heartbreaking. Oh well, no, that's don't go too far. Uh, it was the most. By the time Idaho State rolled around, I was expecting us to maybe lose that one. Um, mine by far was UC Davis. Um, obviously, the the podcast we had after that was the most worked up I got all season, so I had to stick with it. At the time, yeah, I thought UC Davis was kind of going to be more of a trash team than they were, where Idaho State looked better than they actually were when they played us and then have fallen off since. But UC Davis just upset me because there was no atmosphere and that whole team and stadium frustrates the heck out of me. And I Dan Hawkins, and so I was just so upset by how flat we looked in that game. Or at least for Idaho State, I felt like we came out with some fire and then they just quickly put out our fire. Where UC Davis, I felt we just came out flat. And so UC Davis for me was, in my opinion, our worst performance. What's the most heartbreaking game for you guys this year? Um, for me, it's going to be that Eastern game. Uh, I think there was a lot of buildup for it, and we got all excited. Um, you know, kind of at coming off of that Southern Utah. Scare. Yeah, coming off that Southern Utah win and thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, we're going to battle these guys. Finally got a click oh, in. Yeah, it's just going to come down to the Eastern wire. Know what's gonna hit them. And then, yeah, it's just, 
you could tell we were outplayed. You know, they had more heart, and just in general, it was just kind of deflating. I'd say yeah. mine. I think I know. As I said, it was one of my favorite games this season, but also my one of the most heartbreaking was the Montana game. It just like you have a full dome, you expecting it to be loud, and after that first, uh, I'll say interception, it just got quiet, and it just kind of stayed. Just seeing us lose to our rivals kind of was the most heartbreaking thing for me. And seeing them celebrate getting the trophy on the field was just was just not something I want to see happen again. And you stayed until they had the trophy? I agree. I stayed the entire game. It was my most heartbreaking <laughs> game. I did not stay the entire game. I left with three minutes and 23 seconds left when I knew it was over. And for the very reason I did not, I, wrongfully so now, I did not want to sing the fight song after a loss because I know they always go and make us sing the fight song. And then I also didn't want to see Montana jumping around on the field with that stupid brown stein that I don't even want anymore. But so I left. But yeah, that game, because I'm like you, Martin, I was hyped for that. I've hyped that all season. I got Vandals that only pick one game a year to choose that game over homecoming. And I sold it as you're going to want to go to this game. It's going to be hyped. And it was hyped. People had a blast. But Montana just put it on our throat early. And the score is totally deceiving. It was an ass kicking. It was not a 19-point victory like it looks like on the sheet. We had attempts to come back in that game, but it never really fell. Nicknames held true that game, and I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you got me on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, biggest surprise of the year. Um, I guess which game kind of surprised you the most? Good or, or negative? Um, either way, what, what game was the biggest surprise? I honestly kind of thought the Idaho State-Fresno State game surprised me the most. Just We still had that FBS talent, and I was kind of thinking maybe it would be a, it would be a, it would still be a, let's say a blowout, but it's still a, a lopsided victory, but not as lopsided as, it, as, the, score, as the score says it was. Yeah, that mine, was my most surprising game. My, mine, which I think will may make you happy or upset you, Chris, is the UC Davis game was the biggest surprise to me. And I think it was just kind of an overall setback for this season to be started. Uh, we had, obviously, you can tell by so by going over our uh, our season predictions that we had a lot of big expectations for this game. And not only came out flat, but, you know, we realized there's a lot of talent in the big sky. And we just, you know, we came to realize that this is, we're not messing around in this league. It was a big surprise opening up to us saying, this is a talented league in the big sky. We're not just going to be able to come down here and win games. So I'm with Martin on this. Uh, surprising, surprise. I did a positive surprise and a negative surprise. So afterwards, once again, I'll open up to you guys for this because I feel bad that I kind of set the agenda and then go last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Fresno State, I agree that. Obviously, I predicted us to win. More so, to, I didn't want to have four L's in our first segment ever, so I picked us to win. But even that being said, I did not expect a 66-point blowout. Um, I honestly think it was kind of embarrassing how we did against Fresno State. Yeah. It was a top 25 F- FBS team right now. Um, so, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, the way we came out that year with the Facebook stream, with the U of I alum on the broadcast mm-hmm. with Derek Carr. or uh, yeah, Derek David, Carr, David. David Carr. David Carr. And... That game just flattened me. It was Labor Day. I literally made my uncle. We were out at the Brew Fest out in uh, Fall Fest in Sandpoint, and we made sure we got off the mountain in time to go to a place where we could watch the game. And 
then I felt bad that I made him leave to watch that game. And <laughs> so that was the biggest surprise to me. And the fact that I had high hopes thinking we were still going to compete like an FBS team. And I think this really tampered my expectations. Speaking of, I did not go look. I should have to see if Fresno State beat any Mountain West teams that bad this year. Um, but I don't think so. And no. I think it went to show that how much maybe the cutting of 85 to 63 scholarships affected us or whatever. Right. But it really set the tone that we're not an FBS team anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have the talent. We can't hang with what ended up being a good team. But um, So that was my biggest surprise. But the positive good surprise for me was North. That was a team at the time that looked very unbeatable. It looked like they might have slipped up against Idaho State. They blew out Montana. And here they were coming into the Kibbe Dome as a team that looked like they were honestly going to make the playoffs and actually were considered the third team left out of the playoffs this year. So to put that in perspective, we lost to oh, – we'll cover that later. But uh, it was a possible playoff team, and we beat them at home. Mm-hmm. And one of the most exciting things I've ever seen, probably the highlight of Mason Petrino's career past. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly. It was a beautiful ball, beautiful drive, everything. I had no complaints on Mason Petrino on that podcast after. I don't right. believe. Um, so for me, my biggest surprise, negative, Fresno State set the tone for the whole season. And then UND, kind of the surprise of the season. Yeah, I mean, that was a win most people thought we weren't going to have when most people had tuned off the team. Right. And it was a freaking fun game to watch. It was, and a good team win as well. Good team win. Good Mason Petrino-led win. There you go. <laughs> Anybody else have any? Since I think you both gave downs, right? UC Davis and Fresno. Do you guys have any ups? Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, you kind of took what I was going to say. If I was going to give a, an up surprise, but yeah, that game was like that game. It was a good to have that kind of win and going into such a game, going into a game with Montana, which we ended up losing. But it was kind of good to get something like that. Get the get maybe get some fans right. back excited. Get get excited back into the team. Oh, we forgot the biggest surprise of the entire season. Nick Hill Nair got to play six snaps against Florida. <laughs> nice, little plug, right. nice little plug there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the season review total of the whole thing, thoughts and opinions. Um, there's no plot points on this one. I just kind of want general fluid discussion for maybe 10 minutes. Um, if we don't have that much, then we don't. But just kind of back and forth on it. Um, opinions, thoughts on the season. Martin, lead us off. My thoughts, I think it was, I want to say it was, I'm just surprised we weren't more competitive. That's like my biggest thought was just like why we weren't competitive. Was it it like the talent and everything or is it just other coaching things that just, they were just a better team or was it the mindset of the players that kind of maybe brought the, that my way, that's why we didn't win as many games. That's kind of my, my thought. And the other thing was just kind of like, when the season was done, I would say done with air quotes around it, uh, why we didn't see some of those freshmen playing that like hadn't played in those four games yet. That's kind of my my thoughts right now. It's funny you say that because I I forgot. You know, the fun part about this show is supposed to be the, the review show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the whole the podcast is to always be fun. But this particular episode is to maybe poke fun and at us when we made dumb deci- dumb predictions and everything like that in the preview show. That was um, 93 days ago uh, by the time of this releasing, which I did the math. So what we said 93 days ago, what ended up being dumb, what ended up being smart. And when you brought up competitive, I forgot to mention when I was going over the records, I predicted us to finish 8-3. and three. TJ predicted us to finish 8-3. and three. 
Martin, you predicted us to finish eight and three, and Sean predicted us to finish seven and four. But to take it up a notch further, I predicted us to win the conference and make an appearance mm-hmm. yeah, in, in the, the FCS semifinals. Yeah. So talk about being competitive. We didn't even finish above five hundred. We were two games out of the place of five hundred and oh game and a half. And uh, here I am talking conference and you know, semifinal appearance, which then will flow into my next point. My biggest problem with this year was entertainment value. Mm-hmm. We had, according to, uh, what is this? SB Nation, an article by Bill Connolly of SB Nation, and to October 16th, 2016, he defined a blowout in college football. Uh, Bill Connolly, someone I respect in the football community, that's why I'm using his. A blowout is considered a 17-point game. We only had three games this year that were not considered blowouts. Mm. Whether we were blowing somebody out, which did happen, or we were being blown out. I felt like there was a lack, and that might be the reason why we a lot TJ and I most said Montana State. Not just the experience. That was the only game that was very that in North Dakota. Right. Back and forth. Back and forth. That's yeah. why I think those games stood out in so many of these selections we did earlier is those games were games. Every other game we played was over by halftime, either for us or against us. So right. I'm going to run through these real quick. Fresno State was a 66-point blowout loss. Western New Mexico was a 46-point blowout, blowout win. UC Davis was a 23-point blowout loss this season. We scored 14 points in garbage time. Should have been higher. Portland State was close. That ended up being 13 points. It felt more like a blowout, but it didn't count. We won that game. 34-point blowout to Idaho State. Ugh. Yeah. We had uh, a 19-point blowout against Southern Utah. We had a 24-point blowout loss to Eastern Washington. We had a 19-point blowout loss to Montana. Once again, deceiving. It felt a lot bigger if you were mm-hmm. at the game than 19 points. And then a 53-point blowout loss to close the season against Florida. Mm-hmm. So I would say my biggest issue was just competitiveness. And I don't know, TJ, you experienced this a bit with the Florida game, which is the one game that most people should have expected, the blowout loss. Right. Is when you're trying to watch games with maybe impartial fans or maybe impartial even Vandal fans, it's hard to convince people to watch a team when they're either blowing somebody out or getting blown out. People will be like, can we change the channel? You're going to win this game. Can we change the channel? You're getting your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so hard to watch this team this year because there wasn't a lack of competitive games. Now, don't get me wrong. If we could blow everybody out, I'd be incredibly happy. Right. Like, I'm not saying I want every single game to be like Montana State, North Dakota, where I have a hernia after the game. But I I, I just think when you have so many blowout losses compared to blowout wins, it, it makes it hard to really get excited for the games every week, especially when you only have two of the blowouts being wins. And that was a lot of the, the terms that they used for us dropping down to the FCS and playing in the big sky. You know, a lot of people say, you know, You're it's people out. Well, that and, you know, they didn't say, you know, it's not for travel. So it's, it's going to be competitive for you guys. You know, yeah. this will be a competitive That's drop true. down That's where, where these games are going to be a little bit closer, more heated, you know, battling heads. And and it really didn't seem like that. And and my no, yeah, my season review and thoughts on these is was it was a big old roller coaster ride. I mean, we mostly uh, the fun part of the roller coaster. The negative side, if it's a football season, a lot of down. 
Yeah, and you know, we I've Chris and I were the worst about this from preseason. You know, we got he got on with those FCS. Uh, fans nation guys and said look out idaho's gonna come through and sweep like sweep these guys i I, I get one and that's fine but you know we were on the right we were were all proud of ourselves coming up on the start saying oh my goodness here we come click 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 it's awesome we're gonna win all these games and then you know kind of started to turn down with with obviously the fresno state game um western new mexico i'll I'll give kind of a a plateau that game was negative there for a while Right. We were losing for it was day. close, yeah. You literally said if they lose this game, I am done with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Thank you, Vandals. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and again, back up with Portland State. Here we go, back up on this train. And then, you know, we come crashing down with two losses. Chris and I are screaming at each other on the podcast about who should be quarterback. And then Southern Utah wins. We come back up, back up, back up. And then it comes crashing down again with, you know, a, a, a geographical rival. And it's just kind of uh, kind of been a whirlwind for this for this first season. And what's really cool is it's our first year in the FCS, you know. <laughs> and they gave us a taste of everything from, you know, feeling the winds against North Dakota where, you know, people expect it. You know, they kind of shook us off. We, and we play kind of, spoiler, which the big guys need to do every, every year. year. And Somebody that's not good beats one of the top And teams. no one expected it. And we had those, you know, down moments when we fill up the dome as full as possible. And everyone's fired up, and it comes crashing down to to kind of a, a, a unfortunate loss. And I am excited, you know, to kind of bring it back around and, and see how we handle it next season. But it, it has been up and down, back and forth. And uh, yeah, they they sent us on one this year. You know, it, it seemed like when we were in the FBS, it was either oh my goodness, we're having a good season, or oh my goodness, we're we're having a bad one. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting to see, you know, the trends of this year is, oh, you know, we might have a chance, we might not, and just kind of I, I, I got I got one more thought I just want to say. I, I don't I don't remember who said it, or if I'm just thinking, I've, I've thought about it myself to a point where I think somebody else said it, but I think Paul Petrino, I'm going to give him, a, I, I think Paul probably thought, probably knew, was probably being more realistic about how this season was going to go than a lot of us actually, than a lot of us us three, all us podcast people probably thought it was going to be. No, I definitely agree with you. I think Paul was pumping the brakes pretty early on. Um, and I think at the time we saw that as kind of, limit, you know, trying to maybe limit expectations and not get people too hyped about any one thing. Here's my other big, no, we'll, we'll change this. We'll, we'll wrap it into one little last segment on the season review and thoughts because we're right about that 10-minute mark I was talking about. Um Great this season. You know, this is not all about sports. We're, we've got some academics that we should be covering probably, but we don't. Great this season. Ooh, ooh. We're going to play it by year. We got most of the team on board. Should we rate it by, like, drinks you can get at the club? Like, what's the worst drink you can get at the corner club? Like, a shit shot? Would we rate that as the worst? There's too many. There's no well, way. Like, what's the worst one? Shit shot's the worst, right? Shit shot's like an F. I would go. I would go by beer, like maybe Keystone or like what Rolling Rock. So yeah, let's give it. No, the five. worst beer is Kirkland Light, and that's going to be yeah. my grade for them. So let's do yeah. Let's do Corner Club. So what? They're A, B, C, D, and F. So five. So five beers. So you what, got, you what got five beers. You got beer? PBR. You got Coors Light. You got Mac and Jacks. Well, no, let's do it because they got Oli's at the club, right? Oh, goodness. They got Olympias and they got Hams, I'm pretty sure. So let's do like Hams, Olympia. Ham, hams is an F. Yeah. Uh, can we, can we, just, we just do grades to keep it simple? All right, fine. <laughs> we'll do grades. 
It is getting. It is getting. The, it is getting to the end of the semester. <laughs> Fine, we'll do great. All right. So grades for the season and why you graded them the way you did. So obviously, if it's an A, you should give more positives. Maybe no negatives. If it's an F, you should give more. No, mostly negative. Maybe a positive. And obviously, B and C and D, all that fluctuates based on you have to have some positives correlated with your negatives based on the depending on the grade. TJ, you look stressed, so we'll have Martin start. I'm going to go D. It is passing according to degree audit. I know that from experience sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say D just because, like, there was, like, the positives were, like, they did kind of, like, the bare minimum to get a passing to, to what I would consider passing. But they also didn't. they also didn't do a lot of stuff I also thought they could do. TJ, is your hernia passed? Can you no, I'm good. Are you just gonna go silent? No, this? I just think my my parents are gonna hate out hate on me for this. But uh, shout out to my dad. It's his birthday as we're recording. Happy birthday, Tim Jr. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a C on this grade. Uh, I think their high points for their wins, have, you know, kind of boosted them up there. I think it really made Vandals, you know. Appreciate still the football team and the program that we have, um, but the low points, kind of those lower scores uh, and heartbreaking loss kind of brought us down to a, to an even neutral. Um, it's just kind of a move on grade there for, for the season. Um, you know, uh, you guys are making this hard. Um, Martin, I like what you said. I like that you said that you kind of did the bare minimum. So you're really selling me on that D grade. But then I snap back to reality, and I will give anybody that is sensitive to negative thoughts time to turn off the podcast. They got an F. And if we're going to be realistic, you have the highest paid coach in the FCS. You have a roster full of FBS transfers. You're projected to finish fourth or fifth, depending on the meteor coaches in the big sky, you finish ninth. You're projected to be a playoff team. You missed the playoffs. You were picked as high as 12th in one preseason poll. The most polls that are considered reputable had you in the 26 to 30 range. And you finished the season four and seven with only three division one wins. If you take out the FBS losses, we finished three and five against FCS town during our entire stint in the FBS 20 plus years. We only had six FCS losses. We lost more games to FCS teams this year almost than we did in 20-plus years in the FBS. Now, I understand that in the FBS, we only played maybe one in the beginning two or three because we were in the, the transition phase teams. But when I view that, I think, we, like I said, we, we took every – we had a reality check there at the beginning of the season – and I think it, it leveled all of our expectations to more realistic things, which is why you guys were able to give the D's or C's. But then when I think about the stuff I was talking about at the beginning of the season, competing for a semifinal, um, winning the conference, the fact that we had FBS talent, we had three All-Americans, we had three players that were all Sunbelt last year, and the fact that we finished the win season with a losing record with the highest paid coach in the FCS, that has to be considered a loss for me. Now, I know things could change. The quarterback situation never really shook its way out. We didn't really commit to someone until late. And whether you believe he was the right guy or not, it, it did affect us just bouncing back for the first half of the season. So with that, I would just say that it, it, was, it was a negative season. And 
I'm, I'm not happy about it, but I'm not upset about it. I, I'm accepting of it. And the fact that early on, I, I did like you guys kind of accept the fact that it was going to be more of a learning curve year. And when you, when you look at how the season played out, like I said, we lost to a top 25 FBS program, FC, uh, Fresno State, which I believe is 18 right now in the polls. Uh, the college football playoff polls are coming out right now, so that could be totally wrong now. UC Davis, who got a sixth seed in the playoffs. Uh, we beat Portland State, who ended up having a gr- better than expected season. Um, so good there. We lost to Idaho State, which at the time looked bad, but was just as high as 24 last week, losing to Weber State and was a bubble playoff team. Then when we barely lost by one point, maybe should have gone to overtime, or as TJ said, double overtime to a playoff team in Montana State, right. in Montana State, in the snow. We beat last year's champion, but they sucked. They didn't win a single Big Sky game. Um, we lost to the number three seed, Eastern Washington and Cheney. And we beat a possible North North Dakota team. So I'm seeing where maybe that D comes into play, maybe a D minus. And then we got blown out by Montana, who was a bubble playoff team until I lost to Montana State. And we lost to number 12, Florida. So I see where there's some, some real strides there to make a passing grade. But the fact of the matter is, even though the bad students ended up being good students when you're comparing us to them, the fact of the matter is our resume just wasn't there. And the fact that at the beginning of the year, we all predicted 7-4, and 8-3, and 8-3, and 8-3, and, and, and we finished on 7, that's where I would give us the, the – yeah, the closest person was three games off. The rest of us, um, yeah, we're five. And all and all good points. Like no yeah. one, no one can really, you know, argue. I, I, I don't want to give them the yeah. F though. Like, right. I know they try. Like you can't put it on the team. The players played their hearts out this year. I just think they got hit by a swift kick of Big Sky, and I think we all thought we were more prepared for them because the Sun Belt. It, we just weren't, and it, it showed this year. That the Big Sky, we underestimated it. And like I said, I still think we have the toughest schedule in the Big Sky this year. But either way, it doesn't matter if you have the toughest schedule if you can't win. Well, we did. We beat North Dakota. But if you can't win some of these games. Uh, and, and that's kind of where I'm I'm torn. Is that it, was just, it was a bad year. It was. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a B for how far you've come since the UC Davis game in your rants. Because... Uh, those are all, you know, valid points and, and well, very... people are up tuned in for my rant. Maybe <laughs> one person, but I doubt it. Um, Big Sky has named their new commissioner. Anybody have any thoughts other than me? Martin, I know you might have some. I know TJ. Uh, uh, it's just it's a new person. It's not Carl, as I kind of was kind of sarcastically hoping for when we talked about it in the beginning. Yeah, no, no Carl Benson. Uh, it is Tom... Wistkrill, that's W-I-S-T-R-C-I-L-L. So good luck pronouncing that if you're going to make fun of me for my pronunciations. Uh, just a little bit of his experience. To be honest with you, I don't know too much about him. He was the athletic director for Akron for six years. Uh, then he was the senior vice president for Learfield Sports. And he also, I think, was for one or two years ahead of Badger Athletics or Badger something. That pretty much did what Learfield did, but just for the University of Wisconsin. For those of you who don't know, obviously Learfield works for the University of Idaho. Uh, they're an outbound ad agency. They pay the schools a guaranteed check of money to sell their ad space. So the school likes it because they don't have to deal with selling their own ad space um, and worry about wins and losses. Learfield just pays them. Let's say Idaho has $8 million worth of ad space. Learfield will pay them $9 million for it, and then they'll go out and just sell it for obviously a profit of more than $9 million, hopefully. But 
so he was the senior vice president of so he's good with advertising um and he's ran akron who plays in the mac who is kind of a big sky yeah. type conference where it's very up and down new team every year um pretty close geography so uh off status as an athletic director he was also commissioner for a d3 and two d2 conferences so I, I like his experience. Now, what he'll do, I don't know any of his inside tracks, maybe his prerogatives, whether it's sitting with adding the conference, moving the conference up, I don't know. But wax party pants, I'm mostly looking at you. We covered it. And that's You are the reason why, because I know you would not let us live down if we didn't. Anybody have any thoughts on the paragraph resume I just spit out? I mean, from, from the videos that I've seen, he's a fired up guy. So I don't know if it'll mean changes or just, you know, kind of a boost in the conference. Change is coming. Right, yeah. So, it's something forward, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Moving forward. <laughs> moving forward from Chuck Staben. There we go. Anyways, mm-hmm. moving forward to the next page. The 2019 schedule, this should be quick. Everyone hang in there. I know it's starting to run long. I don't, they get to see the end time, so I don't know why I remind them that it's running long. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2019, Fun fact, I already shared with TJ, but so I'll ask you, Martin, do you know anything fun or indifferent about the 2019 schedule? We don't play Eastern? That is a fun fact, and I'll tie it there. But no. Uh, It's not actually Dad's weekend anymore, officially? Mm -hmm. That's enough. All right, you're hitting all the ones. The fun fact I was shooting for. (laughs) (laughs) Play the high school stadium? Uh, God, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. We're getting there. uh, We're getting there. So the... Every fourth or fifth year, it's like for those of you that are in the real world and have hourly jobs or even salary jobs, when you get your paycheck and every so often you get that three paychecks in one month, well, ever so often the FCS schedule lines up to where it still starts Labor Day and the playoffs start Thanksgiving weekend, but there's an extra Saturday in there. So we actually have 12 games next year. With an FCS schedule is usually 11, and I have it on a good accord that Idaho will be seeking six home games with a typical FCS schedule is five. So that being said, we do have a we have an 11 solidified schedule. We have a chance to add a team. So later I'll be asking you guys who you would like to play. But for those of you that don't know, August 31st we start at Penn State. September 7th, we host Central Washington for Military Appreciation Day. September 14th, we are at Laramie, Wyoming to play the Cowboys. September 28th, we're in Greeley to play Northern Colorado. October 5th, we are back home against Weber State for Ag Days. October 12th, we are at Portland State in Hillsboro High Stadium. So, no downtown Portland for us. October 19th, we're home versus Idaho State for homecoming and the Battle of the Domes. November 2nd, we're home again versus Cal Poly for Leadership Weekend. November 9th, it's at Montana for the rematch of the Little Brown Stein. November 16th, it's Sac State, which is Dad's Weekend. Uh, November 23rd, we are at Northern Arizona. Thoughts on the schedule? It is bizarre. It's a lot then, easier. It is a lot easier. Right, we'll talk about that. TJ, your thoughts. It is bizarre. I mean, it, it's you. It kind of goes to show how many teams are in the Big Sky, but like, yeah, you will play. You won't play four every year. Yeah, and the, our whole schedule is pretty much taken off that we played this yeah, last year. Our, and, Idaho State, Mon- and Montana, Montana, and Portland State. But yeah. you know it, that 
it, that is kind of frustrating. You know, I want to play Montana State every year. I want to play Eastern every year. That's that's in 2020. The, we'll play Eastern every single year. Right, and that's something we have to look forward to. But yeah, it is. It's out there, you know. But I guess for dropping down the FCS, it's another good challenge for us to get a glimpse of everything. So for those of you that aren't aware. There is a little thing called the Big Sky and Missouri Valley Challenge, which usually at the beginning of the year, Big Sky schools will challenge the Missouri Valley. We're in a Power 3 conference. The CAA, the Missouri Valley, and the Big Sky are considered the top three conferences. And so it's a really big thing for um, the generic FCS public, this Big Sky, Missouri Valley Conference Challenge at the beginning of the year. We actually have lost it the last two years, I think, 4-7 to seven and 4-7. to seven. Um, So that that is an option pick a Missouri Valley team. But like I said, we have three weekends open right now to pick an opponent. I know I just pumped up the Missouri Valley, but if you guys could play anybody, you know, in the country, FCS, FBS, or, um, you know, the lower leagues, if we really want to play two D2 NAIA teams, um, who would it be? Fill the schedule. Your athletic director, Martin, Chris, and TJ, who, who are we picking? I would. I'd go one of the Missouri Valley teams. I would just go straight up. You know, it it would it it's kind of like looking at those schools playing us as, you know, this game means nothing if we win, but if we lose, that's a big deal. So but don't don't go all the way in North Dakota State. I think we take on a South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, uh one of your favorites to watch, and uh see how we do against uh South Dakota I'd State. Love to see us play North Dakota State. Just so we can put to, I don't know why I'm. I just, I just want to see like a yeah. battle of the domes, like just what I consider the top two team, top top two dome stadiums in the FCS. And just right, and then I, I feel like <laughs> dropping down. We should. I feel like that's the right matchup. <laughs> we have to, and I, I don't think they will schedule us for five years until we lose those scholarships, which will be interesting. So playing the Bison be fun, but everybody wants the Bison, so. Their stuff's all backed up. I did research, of course. This is how I found out about the 12-game schedule. Originally, I was looking at a way to replace Central Washington. Wondering about the FCS and the FCS playoffs this past year, beating any team that's not a D1 team, so FBS or SCS, does not benefit you going towards the playoffs. They don't even look at it. They don't consider like you even played them unless you lose. Uh, so for me, Central Washington is just like we're paying another team to come in here. That might be better than a lower-tier FCS team. You might as well bring in a Wagner or some of these other bad teams and play them. So originally I was looking to replace Central Washington before I found out about the 12. Now screw it. Let's have an easy game. We're used to 11. Although Central Washington won't be easy. They're in, in the D2 playoffs no. right now. And, and they're, the excited. Teams they're excited to play us too. They're ready yeah, to play us. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, they might beat us. They almost mm-hmm. beat Eastern and Montana within the last decade. So yeah. they're not going to be a gimme game. But then I did some research. And this is also including Central Washington. And how... We need Central Washington because otherwise we have a long break before we have a home game. If we mm-hmm. schedule an away game there, we'd be all the way till October 5th till we have a home game. However, do you know who does not have a home game currently on September 7th or the 21st? So if we did replace Central Washington. Who? The Eastern Washington Eagles are open both days. We could be open if we replace them with Central or neither of us have a game scheduled right now for the 21st. Eastern is also currently looking for their 12th. They're actually looking for their 11th and 12th opponent. They only have two. Neither one of us wants to give up a home game because it's so big on these these 12 game years. Two have a, home, a sixth home game if you're in a not a 
you know, crappy FCS team. If you're a decent FCS team who can pay other teams to come in, you get six home games trying to make money off tickets. Let's go to Joe Albee. Joe Albee's currently getting renovated in Spokane. Do a Red River rivalry, 50-50 split. Both teams wear home colors. I don't care. Don't announce the official home game. If you have to, give one team home like you do at neutral games um, in the FBS level for like the Cowboy kickoff and crap like that. And we play Eastern in Joe Albee September 21st. So that would be between Wyoming, between Northern Colorado. So we almost go home game away, practically home game in Spokane, away home game against Weaver. Breaks up the schedule. They don't have anybody on that date. And then we get to keep this Red Scare rivalry alive instead of taking a year off of the rivalry because we don't know if we're going to play in Eastern in 2020 or if they're going to come to Moscow. So it's not really fair picking a place, but both teams would rather have six home games. So do a 50-50 split revenue, 50-50 split in ticket sales, and go to Joe Albee in Spokane. We get just as many Vandals in Spokane as Eastern would, I think. So that that's my solution. That's what I'd like to see a schedule. Can I take mine back? Sure. All right. <laughs> And I hope Kyler's listening, even though he's got a big tournament ahead. <clears throat> Maybe he'll get excited about that game. Um, you, I, I, a lot of – it's that Big Sky Missouri Valley rivalry, but I want to play somebody in the CAA. I kind of want a, a little taste. I don't think we're ready for that. I the CAA play, got 16 in the playoffs. I know. I want a Towson. I want a uh, – uh, I want a Wofford, maybe. Do we not? Yeah, and Wofford's not CAA. Right. Well, I want a Towson. And, uh, you know, and, and, and see how we do. I, I That was a big topic on the – That was a big topic on FCS Sands Nation is, you know, how would Eastern do in that schedule over there playing those teams? And sure. I will say, I, I am jealous because Eastern gets to play Jacksonville State, your favorite team, there you go. next year. Mm-hmm. And I would like us to have kind of a premier FCS non-conference game. Right, kind of that. And the Eastern that, game would count as that because it wouldn't count towards conference. Right. So I would like to see us kind of skip a bigger FCS non-conference game. Mm-hmm. And so I am picking Eastern, but yeah, I would love to see a Missouri Valley team, preferably or, a decently competitive one. Or the and CAA. then, yeah, I'd play any team in the CAA. I'd love for James Madison to come to the Dome, or or I'd love to go play in Harrisonburg. That'd make my trip to Harrisonburg easy. We'll see. We, see, we see you. That's what I would do. <laughs> um, so, guys, away game that you must attend next year. I don't think it's a question. If you could I don't... pick one, if you had been putting money and pennies in a – in a piggy bank until the 2019 football season, you saved from the time you were born to go to one game this year, and it had to be this year. Which game were you going to? Wow, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, pressure's on. You saved pennies for. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a question. You go to Happy Valley. That's a cool question, I, 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 I think this is. Uh, the last, you know, the last couple of years of these big trips that we get to go down first game of the season. For good money. I yes. think it's the only time you will ever get, it will be the only time you ever get to see the Vandals play at Penn State. It's a great opportunity to go see one of the best football atmospheres in the country. And I hope they do a wide out for it as well. We played Penn State in 1939. I'm just kidding. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin, do you have any team that you're particularly interested? <laughs> Sorry, that you had to go to, you've been saving your whole life or is only going to a game this season? Away game. Only going to one. Oh, gosh. Away game. If away game. It, Montana, just so I could experience what they've experienced, what a home game is there. Because I've heard a lot of good things about it. There's a big DJ. <laughs> Montana is one. First away game in Missoula in 26 years or something like that. That's a big one. 
I 100% agree. That's why I had my away games as Penn State and Montana. But to TJ's point, he is not totally off. Schedules change. But our future opponents after 2025, away games at Temple, at Wazoo, at Indiana, at Oregon State, at Indiana, at Oregon, Gotta get that at money. Wazoo. Yeah, Penn State and Wyoming are definitely the sexier options out of anybody else remaining. And we're we're losing our big, you know, USC's, our Auburn's, our Missouri's, oh, our, we'll our get Florida. Auburn schedules for SoCon weekend every year. Um, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going Penn State. I'm going to Penn State. You know, I missed Texas A&M. I missed Nebraska. I'm not going to miss our last FBS scheduled big money game. Um, so yeah, I'll be in Happy Valley. I'm going to go where Joe Paul's statue was and hold up a vandal flag. Um, nice, but yeah. so, I mean, Laramie would be really, really Laramie cool would be fun too. as well. And, you know, and, and, and early we fall, have to go to one. early and, fall. I mean, we got a great away schedule. Greeley's not far from Wyoming either. All you Denver Bronco or Denver Vandals out there, you guys better be in Wyoming and Greeley and flying to Penn State and driving up from Missoula. And hell, I don't think Flagstaff's that long of a drive either. You could, you live in Denver, Colorado, you should make every stinking away game this year. I'm talking to you, Levine. Well, <laughs> we're going to call people out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm Penn State, TJ, but Montana was my backup. If nobody... my, my other one is – my uh, other one's NAU just because it's kind of – I don't know why. I kind of just their, – their stadium, their dome kind of, remi- look, kind of reminds me a little bit of the Tacoma Dome just for that, just for that one reason. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> Tacoma Dome's getting renovated. Um, <laughs> True. What game are you most excited for this I'm year? I'm not gonna pick Montana, but I'm, but uh, Idaho State here. Booyah! Yeah. Good call. Uh, TJ, I think my the game I'm most excited for is Weber State. Um, being the rank they got this year and the program that they have, the other WSU and possibly our first true home game. Yeah, will be very exciting. You know, you hope that we are ready to play them at the time, but with some of those games, you know, up and down. It's going to be tough, but that is going to be a really exciting game. Sweet. You guys left me the best one. I'm taking the little brown stunt. There you go. Uh, I'm excited to go to Missoula. I already have my trip booked for – I already have my trip booked to Missoula and to Portland next year, and I'm mostly set on Penn State. So uh, – but Montana's the one I'm most – not most excited. Yeah, no, it's the one I'm most excited for. Missoula's a fun town. I love Montana. Bozeman gave me a good time. I've been to a Grizz game before, but never against the Vandals. I mean, the stadium is like um, no other. And I mean, I've befriended a lot of – I won't say befriended. I had educated conversations, surprisingly, with some UM alums. Brad's that one was a Bobcat alum, which I thought was crazy. But at the corner club after the Little Brown Stein, and um, they said they expected to see me next year, and hopefully I'll recognize them, but uh, – yeah, I had a good conversation with them, and I'm, they were excited for us to return to Missoula. I'm excited for us to return to Missoula. Montana for the little Brownstein. Projected games to be on Root Sports next year. Now, Root Sports, caveat, for those of you that don't know on the podcast, picks games at the beginning of the season, so stuff can change as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, some of the Southern Utah games they had this year, they expected to be better games. <laughs> so you got to look from where teams are projected to be next year, not necessarily where they are. So it's big games off the bat. Um, so that's how I kind of view this. Uh, do you guys have any you want to start or you want me to start? I, I think it's going to be that Idaho and Weber State game. And I think the lock will be that Idaho, Idaho State in the Kibbe Dome 
for Homecoming. I think that'll be a lot. I think it'll be yeah. three. I got. I, I think there'll be three. three at Montana, four. Idaho State, and Weber State. Oh, I paused on that. Uh, I also three. those are the three I have too, Martin. Um, I think I, a fourth. I think there could be a fourth though. With like, I know Wyoming. I know Wyoming. Wyoming has like they Mountain West is also on Root Sports too, so that could mean a fourth game maybe. That's true. I don't know about that, um, so I won't say yes or no. I'll leave it as indifferent. I'm just here, so I won't be fine. Um, nice, nice. Montana, I think for sure is going to become a no matter what every weekend, unless like number one and number two in the conference are playing each other. I think they're going to put that game on. It's the second oldest rivalry in the Big Sky, so I think that one's for sure a lock. Um, Idaho State, I agree with TJ. I think that will be it. There is not another big game in the Big Sky that weekend. Mm-hmm. And your teams like Eastern and your teams like uh, Montana State are on by. And Root Sports usually picks the Northern teams and tries to pair them up with some of the Southern teams. Broadcast the whole Big Sky. But usually it's Montana, Montana State, Idaho State, we Eastern, Weber, Portland State that get picked for these. Um, and out of those teams, nobody is playing anybody big. Um, so I think that game will probably get picked up, and it'll be the one of the games in the dome. I think there's a shot that Weber State plays, but I'm going to ask you guys honestly right now, off the tip of your tongue, when you hear Idaho Weber State at Idaho or Montana at Idaho State, where do you think Weber's or where Root Sports is going? I think they'll follow Weber. <laughs> Montana Idaho quasi rivalry. Hmm. It's like us versus Montana State on ag on ag days. Come on. And they don't care about that. No, I, can't. <laughs> uh, I could see Root going to Pocatello for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they get the rumored Pac-12 drop down that might be going to Idaho State. Or if Gresh Jensen commits to Idaho State, you if Gresh Jensen commits to Idaho State, that game is 100% points. They're turning Gresh Jensen against the Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, even without that, I think that game might get on it. Now, once again... If Idaho State doesn't find a quarterback, I see them reverting back to the norm of cellar dweller. So that game might not be very attractive when the game rolls around. But that's who I've got. Pop, Idaho State probably, Montana State definitely, Weber State 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast review time. So I know, Martin, you've been on a, a little bit less than TJ and I have been on, but you've also started to pick up the basketball coverage, so you've started to see some of the uh, – and you posted your own solo episode, so you'll be able to input this on a bit. What do you guys learn? Some kind of fun facts about having a podcast or the FCS? Prepare. Prepare. I learned that there is a ton of FCS schools. Like, like I don't, I don't know a lot of F about the. I didn't know a lot about the FCS. I knew like the big teams and the playoff and stuff, but knowing like all about like the. East Coast conferences that aren't like the CAA and the SOCON and all that stuff. It was just how many teams there actually are in the FCS now. That's what I've learned the most about. And podcast-wise, just preparing a lot for your research. I think uh, what I've learned the most is that we are far from an FCS football program. Um, You know, that that drop-down that our – This is a podcast room. I know, but you know, as and, and we're talking, we're the football podcast coverage right now. And as far as you know, all the other teams go, they were familiar with you know how the base guy worked and the teams they played, and we had no idea what we were getting into and trying to start it off 
Um, but yeah, we're, I think we're far from it, and I think the season's under our belt, and we'll come back. But I still think we got a lot of work to go before anything big. So to stick it to podcast um, for me, because I think they nailed the FCS part of it. Um, what I've learned is podcasts are a second time job. I'm not gonna lie; I 100% got into this for fun, um, and it became a job. And, but because it was fun. It's that old adage of if you do something you like, you'll never work a day in your life. I had a blast doing this this year, um, and it made the season really fly by. I can't believe 93 days in, 120 days old, uh, the podcast is. It's been a, a third of a year. Um, I also learned it takes money and time. It's been really hard to record, get every, especially now with basketball, get everybody's pieces in, edited together, cut up, and posted, and then the allotage and all the software and crap you have to use, there's a huge learning curve. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... um, Yeah, it costs money. So all I'm going to say to you guys is, in the future, we might try to find ways to monetize this, and hopefully you guys stick with us. Um, Obviously, it's more important we provide solid content. But, uh, yeah, forking out 50 bucks every month to make a podcast. Right, and and you do an absolute killer job editing. You know, and you editing this is very impressive. And mm-hmm. one thing that I learned is, yes, it, it is time-consuming, but it's something that we're, we really love. Yeah, like, <laughs> super enjoyable. Yeah. Anything you guys would do differently? I want yeah. more, like, differently. I want more of, like, the funny questions not just sports and on topic relating to the podcast questions like any like life questions or questions like oh what's your favorite like outside the outside vandal story kind of thing or just something that's not like tubs at the club or idaho vandal stuff related that's a great point and yeah we should definitely add more of that because it it not only livens the podcast up but it livens us up (laughs) we get some of those we can start hashtagging TATCing ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. We don't get some. No, market it off the bat. And I, I've got my. I know we did today. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my Breakfast Club question for later on. So. I got I got another one we could maybe try next year, even even earlier in the year. Is just. Is we oh, ask okay. questions for the listeners and they have to answer. They have to reply to us. And then we talk. True. And I don't know why we only do one. We might start doing more of those because they are fun to do and hear from everybody. So, um, definitely. What would what would you do differently, TJ? Um, I I would just I would study more. I would research more on what's going on around the country with the FCS. I think we were very close minded. Obviously, you could tell by our picks and everything we went with. Um, just open it up to well, this is a nationwide FCS, you know, podcast. This isn't just the Vandals. This isn't just Idaho. This isn't just the Big Sky. You know, this is something we have to really study and research for the whole country and how we place against all the FCS teams. So. I'm ready for next year to be looking uh, at a national level. Yeah, and I will agree with that. I wish I could do more research. It's been the whole thing I've wanted to do all year, but I get so wrapped up in coming up with an outline and everything. By the time I have the outline, I'm just like, screw it. I think I know everything I want to talk about. And then, the, of course, the instant we start talking, I forget about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> um, so, for me, that's it. Is I wish I wrote more down, which is why this week I think I went overlord on note-taking. But yeah, I wish I think we would provide a better podcast if I, especially me, did more organizing than just making an outline and then flying by the seat through it. Um, but I've also learned it's a lot of fun, and you can meet a lot of cool people. Obviously, 
We've had a lot of guests on, which we'll cover later. Um, so there's not much I would do differently other than, um, yeah, maybe a little bit more research mm-hmm. and rely on other people a little mm-hmm. bit more than I did. Um, anything you guys would want to add to the podcast or a plan for next year or Martin that you're planning on bringing the basketball? No, I don't want to say anything new. I just kind of maybe can keep what we're doing. I don't think really I have anything to add that bring right now at this moment. I think what we'll do a lot better with next year is our interviews. Um, uh, for listeners that don't know, we started from a cell phone podcast and a cell phone app called Anchor. to a over the speaker podcast to having a mic to having two mics to having a great app that we can you know individually record. And we and we, made serious technology, <laughs> which is fun. Season, where most people probably wait till the off season, which buy is, a bunch of stuff, which and then is do you know acceptable work. for the first season. But you know, what people understand is we still sound the same. <laughs> We're still kind of BS. <laughs> so you guys know because I actually want to touch on this because we do have some negative reviews on iTunes for this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, whoever wrote it can go back and change it. We started the podcast, me myself, first episode, talking into just the computer, mm-hmm. and I bought a microphone. Then it was just me on a microphone. Then we had some interviews, so we did it over a janky app called Anchor. Mm-hmm. And it was good. It functioned for what we needed it to, but it was what it was, and people didn't like the audio quality. Then we had the episode that is probably infamously known as the <laughs> spaceship episode, where we wanted Martin on so bad, we put Martin on speakerphone from my phone. And we <laughs> a microphone that... Or no, coming out of the computer, and when Martin was talking, I'd have to move the mic to the computer phone so we could kind of hear it. Mm-hmm. Then move it back to me when I was talking. Meanwhile, up my voice inflections on TJ's microphone. So we've gone from everything to that to now where we have a guest invite software, and a we've upped our game. And so hopefully for next year, I'd like to keep providing that quality and not better. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for next year will be the quality and the people we add too. You know, yeah. it, it won't just be listening to Chris and I, you know, bicker. Yeah, for, we, we've for, gotten, uh, I mean, look, we've gotten a listener of the podcast, become a contributor of the podcast. And Brian, which is awesome. With the new software, we found a way to bring Martin in more, if not every single week next week. And people and people listening who want to be involved. Yeah. You know, they have points to say and, we're and we're get, we'll get there to eventually have them on. And so that's kind of what I have planned for next year is I'm trying to find it. Maybe this is over ambitions and it'll probably get tapered down. <laughs> but I do want a way to maybe make this a live pod or some kind of way where you can listen to it live if you want, really unedited. And that will also offer <laughs> the ability for people to call it and we can take questions kind of live-ish. Um, maybe preset, maybe pre-recorded, but something like that. And the other thing I'd like to do is add some kind of video element. We'll we'll work on that. There's a lot of work <laughs> things to get done. I'm not saying live, but something where you can throw it on YouTube and maybe we can have some pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something a little bit more casual. I want to do like if anyone watches MS MLS review show, I want to do something kind of like that. Um, that's okay. what I would change, and we'll see if it happens. Favorite episodes? Actually, favorite. Oh, sorry, Martin. I do actually got one. This might be more of a question for Chris, but have you gotten better about listening to yourself when you're editing these things? No. Because if not, was it awkward for you when you first started? Because I know, like oh, when I first started my, I, when, I, like, when I was editing, like when I was editing like my episode, it was the most awkward thing ever. No, I agree. I've done some stuff before. Then um, he does a great job of editing. I'll give him that. So yeah. for any of you guys, I guess to, to twiddle your thumbs if you're really bored and want to see stuff, I ran a couple of YouTube channels in the past. You can go look up Lax Rocks Topher, L-A-X-R-O-X-T-O-P-H-E-R. I used to run a, a NCAA football 
and video game channel. So I really learned how to listen to myself and everything then. So yeah, I, I've gotten used to hearing myself since about high school. So for me, it's not that weird. Uh, but just the mic aspect of it instead of video and everything is a lot easier to do. Um, but yeah, it is always weird when you hear yourself the first time. Favorite uh, moments or episode or interviews from the podcast? Not necessarily guests. We'll get into that a little bit. Is there anything in particular, any episode or a moment or a particular interview or part of an interview that just really stuck out with you through the year that you were like, this is like one I might keep listening back the to? The FCS Fans Nation stuff. I just, like, like I said, like when you asked about like my favorite stuff was just having outside people from like the just around the country talking about the FCS that was my my favorite yeah, podcast. Are you, my are favorite you talking the first it. one or the one where we just had Kyler on before Eastern? Yeah. Both Kyler. of them. Like they were both yeah, like I, really good. TJ's favorite is Kyler. He literally left saying I wish he was a Vandal so we could have him on the pod all the time. Kyler's a first dog. Um, <laughs> I agree, but I will say I have two favorite episodes. Um the first one being the first episode of the four of us did. I really had a lot of fun doing the preview show um, that we all did, where it's just the four of us. So yeah, I, I would say my favorite podcast is probably the the um, the four of us doing the preview, and then like you, I really enjoyed that first FCS one where it was just me, but getting to ask those guys and just the fun of discovering the FCS with them with like what teams are what and everything like that. I absolutely, that was my favorite. Uh, TJ? Yeah, I, I have, you know, two favorites and one I was on and one I wasn't. Um, I really enjoyed Hot Take Nate, which was awesome. I mean, he really asked good questions. He's got a lot of good insight. You know, he's very even killed. He, he's just <laughs> not the word <laughs> on, on this pod he was. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Kyler about Eastern Washington and that game coming up. Uh, the questions he had, you know, the intake. He does this pod every week uh, with the national guys, yeah, which is become a fan. yeah, which is awesome. And just really enjoyed talking to him. And and it's pretty cool meeting someone over a podcast because you you really feel like you know them with like more than just a phone call, Watch more than anything. Else. Yeah, so uh, it was really fun talking with him. All right, so. Some little fun facts for you guys about the podcast that some of you guys don't know. You two might not even know. I know, Martin, you have access to the backside. I don't think, TJ, you've looked. I think I've given you the login if you ever wanted it. Um, but I'm going to go over just some fun stats um, for for where we're at. Um, we have been listened to on every single continent except South America and Antarctica. So we have somebody tuned in from Asia, Australia, I have a, Europe, and Africa, and obviously North America. I could probably get some. I have a friend that, that's doing a study abroad right now or something like that in South a uh, South America right now. So I could probably maybe get us to South America, listeners, right now. You, you're going to have to. We need that South American play. <laughs> our, our top eight international countries – or sorry, our top eight countries. The United States, woo-woo, and there's like – 95% of our listeners. The Republic of Korea is next, followed by Sweden, followed by Germany. What up, Marius? I know you're a listener. Mm -hmm. uh, the UK, Taiwan. What up, Sean? We know you're listening. <laughs> uh, Singapore and Ireland. So those are the top eight countries that listen to the podcast. 
Um, and now I'm going to go through the top cities, and then we'll move on. Top city, Moscow, Idaho. Second top city, Boise, Idaho. Third, Seattle, Washington. San Jose, California. Tacoma, Washington. Meridian, Idaho. Nampa, Idaho. Spokane, Washington. Bellingham, Washington. Bozeman, Montana. Houston, Texas. And Fort Fairbanks, Virginia. So somebody really liked this from Virginia. I don't think that's Lawrence, but it hey, could be Lawrence. Never know. But yeah, those are our, our top kind of stats for the year uh, of the podcast. So thank you to you guys. Um, we had over 3,000 listens, I think, for the year. Um, our top episode being the one I brought up, the first episode we did, the Vandal preseason uh, the Idaho Vandals 2008 preview was our most played, followed by the FCS preview at FCS Fans Nation. Then it was our week six, uh, Dome Sweet Dome, Portland State review at number 11, Idaho State preview. Then top 25 letdown with the Band-Aid, Portland State, rounded out by number 25, Idaho versus number 17, UC Davis, with a 2009 humanitarian bowl flashback was the interview with Marcel Posey. Mm-hmm. So those are your top five episodes. Now... Hashtag AskTATC, which kind of ties into everything we were just talking about, because we asked you guys, which is not too late if you haven't voted on basketball when you want it out, make sure you go vote on that. Or just tweet us anytime because we're looking for the best date for you guys to release basketball. But as far as the football review goes, um, we asked for who your favorite guests were that we had on the podcast. So obviously we had people, we had Marcel Posey, who's a former player. We had the Montana Mint uh, crew with Ma- Hot Take Nate coming on twice, Montana Parlay coming on once. Uh, we had Bear Tycoon. Grizz Fan Pod, we had Brent and Mike. And then we had, from the FCS Fans Nation, we had Kyler Neal twice, Matthew Frazee, and Lauren Smith both came on once. Uh, fans voted, we had 74 votes, 42%. For SCS Fans Nation, so th- they do a lot for us, so thank you guys, uh, obviously, and obviously the people like you guys. 42% of our pod listeners enjoyed you guys. 38% of our pod listeners thought the Grizz Fan Pod, Brent and Mike, were the best. Also, we didn't designate these individual people yeah. for mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, although the Montana Mint Sports Pod only got 16%, which surprised me, because they were the first podcast I started listening to. And then 4% Marcel Posey, because uh, he's great. Uh, and was a vandal. But uh, I won't vote. Like I said, I voted for the Montana Mint Sports Pod because it was falling behind. And I thought they did a great job and deserved more of a vote. Um, so I won't pick a favorite. And you guys don't necessarily have to pick a favorite per se. Yes, you do. Who was your favorite that we had on? You don't have to say what we hate. No, we didn't hate anybody. We had great interviews this year. Um, we've got ones coming up too. Uh, but we'll save that for later dates. Uh t- you were on for most of them. I really liked talking to Marcel. Um, it's a pretty cool experience. Uh, just, you know, asking the questions that you really want to ask and then being really excited about it too. Um, I think that's one thing we'll improve on next year is having, you know, ex-player interviews and kind of seeing their input. Um, but just, you know, us being excited as fans and, you know, asking these it kind of stupid questions and and them answering excited to hear it you know their best stories their outlook and uh yeah i think it was really fun interviewing myself so like i said before like my like my favorite the guest i'd say uh just like like i said before like the fcs fans nation and kyler just them expand just them bringing their knowledge from across the 
a more wider range than just Idaho yeah. and Big Sky. I, I agree there. Every like I said, everyone was a great interview. Um, I was really surprised to see the Grizz fan pod get so much of the vote. I'm not gonna lie, but that's awesome because I mean I'm not gonna lie, I had a great time talking to Brent and Mike. So mm-hmm. I I thought it was gonna be really really close. Um, but yeah, moving on from that to your guys' hashtag #STATCs. But once again, thank you to all our guests. It was awesome having you guys on, and we already have people lining up actually asking us for guests next year. Um, vandal related, not vandal related, national media related. There you go. So. Uh, Things only going to get bigger, and hopefully basketball does the same thing. First question, could it be from anybody else? Well, that's true. It could be from Brian Marceau, but it's not. At Whack Sparty Pants, serious question, is Weber State the best run athletic in the big sky? Hashtag ask Jesus. Whack Smarty Pants, uh, I just filled out my bracket and questioned that the whole time I was filling it out. Um, I, I thought some of their wins was a little bit – Sketchy, you know, really didn't seem like that great of wins um, from the games that I saw on Pluto and Root. It, w- it was nothing special. Um, I didn't look at their whole schedule, but I think out of the big sky, it really shouldn't be the team to highlight personally. Um, that's just from an outsider's perspective, um, but I do not have them going to the Final Four. That answers it. Uh, I will say yes. Mm-hmm. I think they're working with the – they are getting the most out of the least. Eastern has a lot to pull from with the history of the championship in the red field. Weber State, it's just it's kind of there. And the fact that they kind of replaced Montana as that top dog with, mm-hmm. no offense, worse facilities, are maybe not worse coaching anymore. Um, so I'd say, yeah, they're probably the best run program in the big sky because they're doing the most with the least. I'd mm-hmm. kind of go off what you said, Chris. They're probably getting the most bang for their buck kind of deal. Okay. Uh, and then we got two questions from Brian Marceau. Try to make them quick. Obviously, they're always in depth, but we're running long. It says we still have some quick other things to cover. Uh, at Tubbs of the Club, have you seen an uglier highlight than Mason Petrino's second pick six? That was the Vandal season one play to me. Double by double of weak defense and needlessly weak weaker offense. Agree or disagree? So we'll stick to the agree or disagree. Hashtag STHC. TJ? I mean, we already covered that. It's... Martin? Same. I'll say it. I, I agree. So, yes. Uh, at Tubs of the Club, lack of the FCS acceptance is a huge turnoff for me towards other fans. I have heard other podcasts comment on this divisively. Um, what are your thoughts on the FD, FCS acceptance in our fan base? Hashtag STTC. Mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a good chunk of our fans that understand why we're doing this and, and that it's a good thing, but it, I guess it's kind of our fan base as a whole is is very up and down. Um, a lot of people don't understand why or or you know the teams that we're playing. But if people understood that these are local teams, these are going to be rivalry games, you know, you should get excited for it. It'd be a different story. But um, it's tough to have our fan base get excited for it because they, they don't know what's going on. I'd kind on. of go off what you, you said, TJ. It's like, it, it's kind of hard to get people excited, but most people, like the people that I know are kind of, they've kind of become like me and like, they just kind of have accepted it and kind of like been like, this is it. And we're going to, and they just kind of just kind of, they've kind of just accepted, they've accepted it and they've kind of just, they're starting to run with it as this is what we're going to, this yeah. is what we are now. It's it's a good thing for our university. It's just that people, it's going to take a couple of years and we'll get some national coverage and we'll eventually, you know, 
move up through this tournament, people are like, oh shit, like we, this is real. We have a chance to play for a national championship, which we've never had to have the opportunity to do before. And I think that's what it's going to take is finally getting to that tournament. Someday we'll have Brian on this podcast mm-hmm. for football. Mm-hmm. And he and I will have a good, solid conversation about this because I'm the fan he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm also not the fan he's talking about. I'm still FBS believer. I still think we should try to get out of the FCS as quick as possible. But with that, that's a very short synopsis of it without getting too deep into stuff. So no one blasts me either way. I should be what most people should look towards. And the fact that I'm obviously very FBS pro, but I have learned to love this FCS, adopt this FCS is where we're at, and have had a ton of fun with this FCS. <laughs> so I'm not going to let where we're at ruin the Idaho Vandals for me. Do I wish it was different? Of course. But I've come to the point, maybe not of, of acceptance, maybe not happiness, but acceptance. Right. I've accepted that this is where we're at, and I'm trying to make the most of it, and I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it. And I agree with Mar- or Brian, more people should come around to that because we are going to have fun games like Montana State and North Dakota now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, last hashtag STTC. Couldn't have been asked by anybody better. Couldn't have been a better question to ask. We already touched on it on the podcast. Martin at Hemi underscore 71. Hashtag STATC. What is your go-to at Red Bento? I am an Ichiro. Ichiro guy, Martin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, from all the uh, fresh waters in, in Moscow, Idaho, uh, I'm a bento box guy. I am. I'm straight up bento box, maybe a California roll for the okay. side. Now, Mark, you gotta let us know. We're ending hashtag AskTHC for the football section of the pod with you on your question. What is your go-to at Red Bento? Mine's either the beef bulgogi or the chicken katsu. Those are usually what's kind of like my go-tos there. Closing the bar. Thank you again for everyone who plugs in and listens to us for well over 60 minutes this week. But we had so much to cover that, honestly, basketball might just get moved to another podcast again. <laughs> um, but it's about to be ramped up basketball season. Right. TJ, this is the last time we'll talk to you until next football season, probably. Plus. But we do have a special boat-kicking National Signing Day special coming for you guys in February. Mm. Might be on that one. Mm-hmm. There was a code in how I said that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'll see you guys again here shortly for basketball. Martin will see you guys shortly for basketball. Um, but let's hear some plugs. What do you guys got going on? I uh, I heard a really cool quote that uh, somebody who I met who went to University of Idaho said, and I thought it was really awesome because it really under, you know engulfs University of Idaho and Moscow itself had said, you know, there's only certain cravings that you can fix being in Moscow. So if that's Breakfast Club, if that's Ale House, if that's Mylena, if that's a tub at the club, there's only one place in the world that you can fix all of your cravings, and that could be Moscow, Idaho. And I thought that was the coolest thing I've ever heard because it instantly reboots you back to, you know, your favorite meal at every, every single place. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's just a still always a great place to go back to. Um, I'd just like to give Chris, you a big thank you. I mean, this is such a cool thing you've been, you've started. Um, I, you know, just started on here as kind of a guest of kind of a picker and fall in love with it. it it's really awesome. Chris and I do not hate each other. <laughs> We're actually really good friends. Um, and yeah, I can't thank you enough for having this opportunity and I'm excited to be back next season.
It's really not that hard. I don't really got anything else to plug. Uh, kind of the I know that was, a, that was a big outro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Martin will be keeping up the girls' coverage. Um, like I said, I'm probably gonna take a step away here just for a bit to take a little bit of vacation. I took no weeks off during the football season, mm-hmm. uh, but I plan on being back full spring when kind of the holidays end and we're in Big Sky. And then with that, you know, Martin and Brian and I will probably have a new format for basketball, maybe, um, and have us all on discussing both men's and women's, much like this. Unless people like it the way it is, let us know. Um, obviously we'll let you guys know what we like too, but yeah, like I said, stay tuned, listen to Martin and Brian for basketball because we've got a really good girls season going and I do think Brian's on something and the men's are going to finish strong. Other than that, for the, God, the last, it's like the last day of school where you're like excited, but you're not excited because mm-hmm. you're excited because it's next year coming up, but it's time for the best band in all the land to close us out for the final time for football. Martin. In heaven, is there beer? I think, I think, I think there is beer. Hey, drink it here. Go, Vandal, 2019 FCS Football National Champion. Okay.